Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast hosted by Nadia Alfertassi, founder of Thrive with EQ. Join us as we explore the world of emotional intelligence and learn how to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence. With two decades of experience in the world's largest security organization, Nadia brings a unique perspective and invaluable insights to the table. Her mission is to help businesses break down silos, build bridges, and create a culture of emotional intelligence that fosters well-being of employees, builds strong leadership, and ultimately drives business success. By learning how to manage emotions, communicate effectively, and foster a positive work environment, you can improve productivity, reduce turnover, and build a team that's happy, healthy, and motivated. So whether are you looking to enhance your own emotional intelligence or create a culture of emotional intelligence within your organization, you're in the right place. Get ready to thrive with EQ. Welcome to the EQ Elevator podcast. Today is episode four. I release an episode every Tuesday and Thursday where I use the EQ Elevator approach to discuss specific challenges. For this episode, we're going to do it slightly differently. I'm going to use the EQ Elevator approach to discuss the general stress that C-suite leaders, specifically in the STEM industry, face. I'm going to use the elevator to show how each of the EQ skills of the EQI 2.0 model can help you reduce the invisible stressors. Now, why is this so important? Especially when we look at the STEM industry, there are a multitude of challenges from rapid innovation and keeping up with the technological challenges, especially as we see with the AI revolution. Some industries are ahead, others are still catching up. Some companies don't even have a proper automated data management system, which means that the information of their shareholders, stakeholders, customers are managed still manually because the upskilling and reskilling of the workforce is a huge undertaking. There are still many open-ended questions on how AI is going to be regulated. Is it going too fast? Do we need to pause? As we've seen with the open letter from the tech giant, there is the issue of talent management, recruitment and attraction, especially in the STEM industry where there is a major gap in vacancies. And at the same time, we have AI replacing functions that can be automated. What does this mean for the employees? There's been a surge in tech layoffs as well. And this is, has a spill or will have a spillover effect in other industries. As we navigate this new landscape, other industries are looking how can they reskill and upskill their current workforce. Then there is a challenge and stress factor of stakeholder engagement. No one likes to be forgotten. When we remember someone, we may not, they may not show appreciation, but they will show you their frustration when you forget them. And especially with all these stress factors and these risk factors that represent quite some stress for the C-suite is creating invisible stress. What do I mean by invisible stress? I mean that when you go home and you are with your family, with your friends, or even by yourself doing some sport, in the back of your mind, the tape is still 
turning on everything you need to do, all the risk, which creates a subtle sense of fear. It depends how comfortable, how familiar you are with stress in general, but also even the most stress tolerant people in the current environment, it takes its toll. There's an emotional toll. And if we don't look at it from an emotional intelligence perspective, it increases the invisible stress, especially in the business world, cognitive intelligence, rational thinking, using our rational part of the brain is more appreciated or perhaps more known than using soft skills. I call it human skills and specifically emotional intelligence is perhaps still seen as not relevant enough. So I wanna flip the script and I want to demonstrate how important emotional intelligence is, not in a fluffy way, not in a conceptualized theoretical way. Obviously we are going to use theory because I value science and I think we need proper understanding how we can apply it in our own map of the world. But I'm using my 20 years of practitioner experience in the world's largest crisis security management organization to help you implement it in a practical way. Now, especially when we look at these challenges, we have to collaborate with a wide variety of stakeholders, both internally and externally. And let me give you an example of my own career before we dive into the five elevator floors and how you can reduce stress as a C-suite is before NATO went into Afghanistan. So it was just after 9-11, starting 2003. We were working, NATO was working on developing what was called NATO Network Enabled Capability, an interoperable system that helped translate the different systems of each nation, of each NATO member state, and use a translation capability so when we were on a mission or when we are communicate, I still say we, because perhaps part of me still feels a part of NATO. I've been there for a very long time, but obviously what I mean, I refer to when I was still working there, I don't work at NATO anymore. So these are my personal insights from my experience. And this capability was meant to help speed up collaboration, enhance decision-making on real-time data, but also that the data means the same thing for different member nations, for different stakeholders within the member nation. We were working not only with military, but with politicians, with industry experts, with scientists, engineering, data scientists, operational users. So these all have different interests, different agenda, and how do we communicate in a way that we all understand? Now, it took a very long time, several years, for even to have the initial operational capability, IOC, ready. Because when we are in peacetime, there's no sense of urgency. And when does change accelerate? When there's a sense of urgency. Then Afghanistan happened, and all of a sudden there was a sense of urgency because there were over 40 plus nations deployed, both NATO member nations and partner nations, which were not members of NATO, but still supported the mission. So that added to the complexity. But guess what? Within less than one year, actually, we had a robust Afghan mission network capability available that met the minimal requirements 
for communicating in a way that everyone understood. Now, this did not only require technical genius, this required emotional intelligence in the sense, how do we collaborate with the eye on the price, mission objective, and deliver capability that will keep both civilians and soldiers safe on the mission. This is how, why emotional intelligence is crucial when we look at these different global or even public-private sectors initiatives going on to not forget the personality aspect of it, the behavioral aspect of it. How do we create this glue with less friction? Obviously, there will be friction. Obviously, there will be conflict. It's also healthy. But too much, in addition to the stress you already face, can be detrimental. How can you use the EQI2 model to look at this from different perspectives? Today, I'm going to focus on the general model. And then the subsequent episodes, I will use specific challenge from a specific C-suite. So the CEO, the CTO, Chief Technology Officer, Chief Information Officer, Chief Information Security Officer, Chief Operational Officer, etc. to discuss, to put this in context, in practice, and help C-suite leverage emotional intelligence, specifically this EQ elevator approach to navigate and overcome their challenges. So let's start with the first elevator, the first floor. There's only one elevator. What I meant is first floor. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, now I'm standing in front of the camera. My technical intelligence is catching up with my emotional intelligence. <laughs> yes, I do like to laugh at my own jokes. Not everyone likes to laugh, but I always say, take yourself, no, take what you do very seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously. And that is a huge stress relief already in itself because we relieve the mental pressure. The first floor is about self-perception. And here is where growth mindset comes in, especially in this high-paced environment where change is the only thing that's constant. We have to develop a growth mindset. Change happens to us. Disruption happens within us. Now imagine the emotional toll it takes if you don't take the, understand the emotional process that happens within you, which is different for different people. But moving from a fixed mindset towards a growth mindset requires to regulate or to use the EQ tools of self-regard. Do you view yourself capable? Are you confident in yourself in navigating, handling, and overcoming these challenges? Does your self-actualization, English, Nadia, does your self-actualization level, which means high potential, result-driven, solution-oriented, you need to fix a situation, is it too high? This also impacts the, the stress level because over a long period of time, too high self-actualization levels can take its toll. Then emotional self-awareness. Many people have not learned how to recognize, identify, and label their emotions, which reduces stress levels significantly. Then we have the second floor. The second floor represents self-expression. It's how we communicate with others. Again, when we feel pressured, when there are high, when there is high level of stress, we tend to turn into our primitive behavior and perhaps show our least desired <laughs> qualities, which is normal human behavior. We cannot be Kumbaya or the Lion King, how do they say it? Hakuna Matata 
all the time, and especially when we feel challenged. So your levels of self-emotional expression, assertiveness, and independence will shape how you communicate and how others communicate under pressure. Then we have the third floor, which is interpersonal relations skills. And this is key for stakeholder engagement, understanding how interpersonal relations skills, if someone has low levels of interpersonal relations skills, it's very difficult to invest in confidence and trust building activities. Empathy is not a buzzword, it's an art. It's difficult to demonstrate, especially when we are in our rational part of the brain, or especially when we feel pressure, stress, and then social responsibility. Social responsibility in the context, in the business environment, is greater good of all. And when we are in our primitive behavior, perhaps we tend to be more self-centered than towards the greater good. This is not true for everyone. A clear example, if I go back to Afghanistan, we faced a lot of pressure and it actually united us. But when F hits the fan, it either unites us or it divides us. So it's important to understand this in your own company culture. Decision-making. Emotions shape the way we solve problems, especially when it comes, for example, to managing the risk of cyber attacks. Because when there is a cyber attack ongoing, and there was a study released by Oxford University, the CEOs that were surveyed mentioned, stated, it becomes an emotive issue. You start making decisions on your gut feeling. Everyone is running around, headless chickens. I quote from the study. So it's important to understand how problem solving, reality testing, our ability to separate fiction from fact, and impulse control, our ability to delay our response option and not uh, act from an emotional trigger, all add to the stress factors that you as C-suite leaders face because it's not only your personal emotional intelligence level, but those of your team, how they are using their emotional intelligence levels to manage the pressure, to manage how would you behave, how would you collaborate, communicate, coordinate in case of a crisis or already in this high pressure environment. So these are all things that can keep you awake at night. And then the final one is that goes much more in depth. The, those are the critical EQ tools of stress management are flexibility, stress tolerance, and optimism. Flexibility is key in today's leadership, ability to adopt a growth mindset and not be so rigid in the way we think. When we have low levels of flexibility, we will experience higher levels of stress. It's same thing with stress tolerance. If we have too low stress tolerance, then we're going to have a hard time managing and keeping uh, up the, the magnitude and scope of current uh, changes in this environment. Optimism as well. Uh, if we have too low optimism, we fall in the category of pessimism. Negative emotions creates that negative chronic uh, emotional state that adds to the invisible stress as well. Too much optimism is also not healthy because it's denying reality. It's not acknowledging the challenges and finding ways forward. So these five floors in the AQ elevators, how we perceive ourselves, self-perception, how we speak correct English. That's another floor. That's Nadia's floor. Self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal uh, skills, decision-making and stress management play an essential role in reducing your invisible stress. So I hope this was useful. Sign up to our newsletter where I will share soon how you can access all the previous podcast episodes with key takeaways 
with proposed strategies and with reflection prompts. So those are only available for the people that are part of the EQ leadership community because I want to create strategies and share value with you, with those leaders who are actually interested in using emotional intelligence to strengthening leadership in STEM and overcome the challenges of today's digital age. Thank you for listening and next episode five, we'll be discussing specific stressors of a CEO in a manufacturing industry. So I try to diversify the industry so STEM leaders can resonate. But even if I use the manufacturing industry as a specific example, and you're part of another, another industry, you'll still have a, a lot of benefit in listening and takeaways for you. Thank you very much and looking forward to connect with you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive with EQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, visit our website at thrivewitheq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.